Hello there, Graham Norton here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose for another podcast. Let's get cracking, shall we? Tracy Ann Oberman tells us all about her role as Shylock in a new production of The Merchant of Venice. We play another round of Big in Japan as well as a Word Up rollover from last week. And Maria McCurlin is here and we'll be putting our heads together to answer your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Let's cross to her now. Hello, Maria. How are you? Thank you. No, I'm good, thank you very much. I'm very good. Lovely swim yesterday, very, very rough sea. But today it's 22 degrees, Graham. What's going on? Is it 22 degrees already? Yes. Wow. Because, of course, we're hermetically sealed here at the top of the tower, so we don't know. I look yes, out. Yeah, so you've got the it... air conditioning turned up to high. Yeah, absolutely. No, so it could be freezing outside or it could be really balmy. But you're telling me it's balmy. So there you go. I mm. am telling you it's very, very balmy. Were you out last night tripping the light fantastic? Uh, no. I uh, watched some strictly. I didn't watch all of it because I became very aware of my own mortality and uh, <laughs> felt I could. Couldn't devote any Life more time dribbling to it. away. Yeah, <laughs> it's so long. It goes on I for know. hours. It, it, it's too long. It's too long. Soon they'll get rid of all the riffraff. But Angela Scanlon can just say she's the top of the leaderboard. Uh, she, do you know what she's done? She's gone on a journey. That's what she's done. <laughs> we love a journey. Yeah. I mean, she. They did a. If anybody didn't see it, but it's worth catching up on because they did a Charleston, um, and it was a sort of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, who marvelous choreographer, type version, and she was really, really good. And actually, I did love Amanda Abington. Oh yes. And Giovanni's. They did a rumba, and a, apparently, in, in Strictly, a rumba is the kiss of death because it's very, 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 very hard to do. But they did very, 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 very well. It was movie week and I, I know everyone kind of bigs up the hair and makeup people uh, but some of those looks last night I mean the one that, that was dancing with Angela Rippon it looked like they made his wig out of a bath mat he <laughs> looked terrible that was Kai I believe it was Kai and he had a from the sound of music they made remember Julie Andrews made curt, uh, made uh, outfits out of curtains and hair and he had bath got mat. a terrible sort of dungaree that stopped at the knee and knee high socks I mean it was Ken when he's 40 basically wasn't it it was it wasn't it wasn't a kind look I feel I feel like he's offended someone in the hair and makeup department <laughs> <laughs> he didn't buy them a drink at the Christmas party. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. got to keep them sweet. Um, I think my people that I think are in danger this week are oh, yes. possibly Zara. Zara and Nikita, sadly, again. Um, and maybe Cody. But, I mean, bless him, he had a terrible infection because he wears a prosthetic limb and only had two days of training. So hopefully people will be kind. Um I don't know. Mm. Did you see any of the people that weren't so great? Uh, I don't think I did. Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, you know, it's all a bit of a blur, really. And uh, though, I mean, there were some low scores. There's always some, uh, and also because I don't know what I'm looking at. So unless they kind of fall over or kind of, you know, break their nose, I kind of think, well, that looked all right to me. And <laughs> they're still alive. I, w- I would so love to see you doing it, Graham, and so would most of the nation. You really wouldn't. It would be Awful. I think the, the the whole nation would die of embarrassment for me. <laughs> well, that's what we like, of course. But also, you don't know. You may go on a journey. There could be a Fred Astaire lurking beneath that physique of yours. <laughs> Yes, I think it's Fred Astaire as he is now. <laughs> it's lurking. <Stop> it. <laughs> it's lurking beneath. 
<laughs> and uh, but I tell you what I did watch last night. I watched um, oh, yes. uh, a Jennifer Lawrence film that came out earlier in the summer called No Hard Feelings. And it, I remember the time it was kind of like it was pitched as a kind of oh you know uh, sexy rom-com thing and it didn't do that well and you can see why because it's not really a rom-com at all but it's really good i really like what it. is it if it isn't a rom-com then it's sort of a i don't know what it is it's sort of an indie it's sort of a sexy indie movie bit of a coming of age bit of i don't know what it is but it what's it called again uh, no hard feelings so it's a kind of no a fr- so it's for our nudge nudge that sort of jokes, uh, but it's very sweet. And Jennifer Lawrence is really good in it. And the guy she plays opposite, whose name, of course, I do not know, uh, very good also. <laughs> Someone <laughs> will tell you. Someone will tell you, nobody, Nana. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows. Which platform are we talking, please? Oh, now, there you have me as well. Oh. It was on the television. <laughs> just shout, Oh, no. Ju- Did shout, Matron turn it on for you? Yeah, just shout at the television. Go... <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, no hard feelings. And some, you'll watch something. Something will show up. Hey, uh, you grab some letters. Virgin Radio. Okay, here's the first problem. Dear Graham and Maria, I've been in a relationship for 17 years. And if I'm being completely honest, since the beginning, I was never sure whether I loved him. I kept the relationship going as there was a, a lot I did love about him. And we were best friends. But I actually think I don't love him. And I can't help but feel really sad that I've never experienced head-over-heels love. We have two children together and he's an amazing father. So, do I give up everything and break up a family to have the possibility of feeling that sort of love with somebody? Or do I stay in a relationship and try and be as happy as I can? And if I do break up with him, what reason could I give? He's such a wonderful, decent man and we get on so well... It would seem odd if I suddenly make something an issue. If I was honest, it would destroy him and I really don't want to hurt him. Uh, I'd love your advice and that is from Anna in Chester. Anna in Chester, the whole of the Virgin Radio listeners now are shouting at the radio. Mm -hmm. Why are you trying to blow up your life? I mean, can I just say something, Anna in Chester? That feeling that you're after, that head over heels thing, chemistry, fluttery fluttery butterflies in your tummy that doesn't last but you know what does last being a really good dad being a really good friend having a lovely time together and being a wonderful man and and father and husband i mean why mess it up if if you're feeling that there needs to be a bit of oomph sit down with your lovely husband and you know, discuss it. Just say, oh, just think we're stuck in a rut, blah, blah, blah. What can we do to to spice things up? I mean, 17 years, you've suddenly decided, no, oh, I want to feel something different. Really, it's Siberia out there, Anna in Chester. I would really not break this up just because you want a fluttery feeling that lasts about a year, if that. Graham? Yeah, I mean, this is... Anna, you're being crazy. Because what you're trying... You're chasing some sort of Disney princess nonsense moment, uh, (laughs) which, as you say, will, you know, even if it happens, and there's no guarantee it will happen, it will fade. And then the holy grail is to find what you've found, to have a stable relationship with, you know, someone who you get on really well with and you have a kind of a much deeper kind of love and connection with. Um, I, I just think, look around you, Anna. Look at all the other couples you know. 
Are you jealous of any of them? Do you look at any of them and think, oh, I wish I was in that relationship? And I bet you, no, you don't. Because you've got it pretty good, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean... Yes, you've obviously just seen a film or something. And kind of, no, oh, I wish I... Nah, nah, nah. It was a film. It was a stupid film. So, uh, yeah, get over yourself, Anna. It, apparently, she loves our advice. So, at least she loves something. Uh, there you go. I don't think she'll <laughs> love this advice, but I think it's good <laughs> advice um, because... Really, you know, we don't, we can't have everything. And you're absolutely right, Graham. That whole Disney-esque thing is a 90-minute film and it lasts about as long, those kind of chemical feelings you get when you're absolutely desirous of another person. It really doesn't stay. And what you've got is fantastic. And you're right, Graham. People look for that and they want that and they want stability and they want wonderful fathers and they want a friend. You've got it all, Anna. Yeah, so uh, you don't have a problem. That that's our that, that's our that's our. Soz about the advice, Anna. Soz if it wasn't what you wanted. I mean, I were I imagine. Well, do you know what? Let's throw it out because there might be someone listening who goes, "Oh, that was me, and I got out of that stale rut, and now I'm you know whatever I am. I'm Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman." A hooker. But also, Anna, think of your children. <laughs> think of your children, too. It's not all about you, love. Yeah, yeah, Anna. Not all about you. And my favourite responders today will be getting <gasps> a Waitrose number one chocolate indulgent cake. They're not messing around. It's chocolate cake filled with and covered with Belgian chocolate ganache with Belgian chocolate drops hiding in the middle and crunchy cocoa nibs on top. I mean, that is your chocolate indulgent cake, courtesy of Waitrose. Wow, someone's getting that. Martin in Bristol says, Anna, the person you should be sad for is your husband, not yourself. This poor man has two children with someone he loves and has no idea that you don't love him back. You say you want to feel real love, but that you care for him too much to leave. Do him a favour and leave him now so he can have a chance at it too. All right, Martin. See, I think the fact that she... She doesn't want to hurt him to the extent that she doesn't want to leave him. That sounds like loving someone to me. I don't know. Uh, Steph's in East London. Love is a different feeling for everyone. Some people don't get butterflies and fall head over heels. Uh, but love for them is feeling safe, confident, happy and having a real connection with their partner. If your issue is that you're feeling neglected romantically, then talk to him about it and try and work out a resolution. But don't ruin you and your family's lives by chasing an imaginary feeling you might never feel. Uh, John in Rochester uh, agrees with myself and Maria. Anna has just about everything in her life, so why wreck it for something that may not even exist? If she wants a relationship that gives her that thrill, I suggest she gets a puppy. Unconditional love forever. John, you're a genius. I can't believe that myself and Maria didn't think of that. Yeah, if you want to have your Disney moment and all that love, uh, get a puppy. Because, uh, honestly, all those endorphins, all that stuff you're chasing, they're in that little dog. So, uh, yeah, problem solved. Uh, Kirsty's in North Yorkshire. North Yorkshire. Dear Anna, count your blessings. I'm 50, long-term single, and your life sounds wonderful to me. Focus on the positives. However, if you do leave him, can I have his number? Thanks. Oh, Kirsty in North Yorkshire. Uh, Kirsty in North Yorkshire, to cheer you up, you can have the Waitrose number one chocolate indulgent cake. Graham's Guide. Right. 
Second problem, Graham. Okay. My dad seems to be in desperate need of a confidence boost. About five years ago, he retired from a long career as a GP. Since then, his life seems to have become very small. He goes to the gym and does jobs around the house, but not much more. We've tried to encourage him to join local groups, but he rejects the idea, particularly anything that's aimed at retired men. <clears throat> Excuse me. Living quietly is fine, but he seems to have lost his spark, and we're worrying that it might be hastening a mental decline. He gets very anxious about making plans and flustered by small things. Part of the problem is our mother, who is, ex who is an extremely negative and generally quite toxic person. She criticises him a lot, particularly when he's seeking out praise, and is generally not at all patient with him. Ironically, he seems to come alive when there's a crisis. He has elderly relatives who live in, a, in different parts of the country who sporadically need his help. But obviously, that isn't a sustainable or desirable source of stimulation. I actually think a dog would do him wonders, but our mother doesn't want one. How do we help him find life more fulfilling and that is from leo in manchester oh leo the paradox of retirement you know you work hard all your life so that you can spend lovely sort of retirement years doing nothing doing the things you enjoy and having time to yourself but has he got hobbies leo i mean you say he goes to the gym um, I feel he needs to have some hobbies. I mean, what were his hobbies when he was working? It's odd that when we're working, we manage to fit much more into our lives because want something doing, ask a busy person. So, I mean, I would say things like art classes or book clubs. Does he read? Historical societies, sort of things that don't necessarily have to be for retired gentlemen, but, or ladies, but, um, you know, a, a mix of people. As we get older, Leo, life does get smaller. I mean, you know, you say he gets anxious about things. That is a fact of life. Perhaps some voluntary work for your dad, Leo, you know, maybe could help out in hospices or something like that. I mean, I would say you speak very, uh, <laughs> you don't speak very highly of your mum, let's say. So maybe have a word with her and say, I feel he's sort of sinking into nothingness and we need to stimulate him. It may be, Leo, that you have to do some of these things with him initially. Encourage him, go with him, laugh, joke, enjoy. Um, you know, because then he'll gain his confidence. What do you think, Graham? Well, isn't there a weird thing that kids do where they kind of infantilise their own parents as they get older? This is a grown man. This is an adult who's had a career as a GP. So obviously no kind of slouch in the head department. Uh, he's lived his whole life. So it's kind of up to him what he wants to do. Uh, if, if this is how he's choosing, if he likes going to the gym and then sitting in the house, well, good luck to him. I mean, it does sound like he's, he's married to not. Not the easiest woman in the world. Cruella de Vil. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I think probably you've slightly demonised her, Leah. I'm sure she's not. Well, maybe she is as bad. But, you know, he married her and he's used to her. That's what he's used to. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I it just that is what it is. Uh, but I feel like you maybe talk to your mother and kind of go, oh, you know, be a bit easy on dad because I feel like you're crushing him. Um, but again, kind of. A bit like get your beak out because these are these aren't 
people who need help. <laughs> These are people just mm. living odd lives that you don't want to live, Leo. And that's good uh, because, you know, you're making your own decisions and hopefully you, when you retire, you won't end up in a position like your dad. And it's sad to see someone you love kind of maybe fritter away uh, the good years they have left. But it's kind of his choice. You, you can't make him, you know, take up hiking or something. You know what I mean? Yes, you'd mm. like him to be doing other things, but he doesn't want to. So mm. kind of leave him alone, I mean, if I would Leo say. is that concerned, I, also, if you do speak to your mum, it may be that she does want him out of the house. You know, sometimes when people retire yeah. and they, they sort of go, oh, you're under my feet all the time. So she might want him out of the house, so she should be encouraging him. But I think, Leo, if you really feel this way, that he's declining mentally, then offer to go with him to art galleries or to theatre shows or, you know, book clubs or something that will stimulate his brain. And, you know, then you can feel that you're doing your bit to prevent his mental yeah. decline. And also, do you feel like a retired doctor should be in demand? People would like him to sit on a committee or they'd like him to, you know, advise on something or volunteer for something. You know, those seem to be really valuable skills that, yes, you've retired and, and you're not a practising GP anymore, but people might still want some of your your know-how, wouldn't you think? Mm. Yes, I do. And that's why I suggested a hospice. But, you know, also, Leo, maybe he is just tired. He's worked all his life. The gym and pottering about the house fixing plugs might be enough. But uh, and of course, as your world gets smaller, so do your interests, etc. So do things with him, Leo, if you're really that concerned. Graham is right. He's a grown man. But, you know, take him out places. Take him out and don't take your mum. <laughs> yeah, leave her at home. Yeah. <laughs> responses part two. And again, my favourite responder will be getting that waitress number one chocolate indulgent cake. It's chocolate cake with chocolate and then more chocolate and a bit more chocolate on top. There you go. That's indulgent. Lovely. Claire is in Glasgow's West End. Not just Glasgow, the West End. Okay, Claire, we hear you. Your dad was a GP. He has medical skills that would be of great use to charities. Appeal to a sense of duty. He'd make an excellent volunteer whose knowledge would be in demand. The fact he comes alive when his relatives need him suggests he misses helping people. He could volunteer as a first aider, as a support worker at a hospice, as Maria suggested. It'll help him feel needed and of value again. And that's a good point, Claire. The fact that he does come alive when there's an emergency does suggest that that's when he feels of value and that's when he feels kind of validated uh ken says leo take your dad out doing stuff you both enjoy my son does this from time to time and i've had some great days out on bikes or watching sport just the two of us or with his boys your dad does have to figure the rest out okay uh, andrea and portishead tell leo to <laughs> tell him yourself uh, to suggest his dad volunteer as a scout leader well there's a blast from the past yeah, ooh, dust off my toggle. Uh, get on the board of some sort of health concern. His dad is not used to his mother because he wasn't home so much, listening to her negativity, and instead heard positive comments at work. Do GPs hear much positive comments? I think there's a lot of unhappy people in those waiting rooms. Uh, but uh, fair enough. Maybe it's different in Porter's head. We don't know, Andrea. Uh, much love. Rachel in Starbridge. Hi, Rachel. Leo, get your dad the dog. I mean, a dog can't be the solution to both problems today, can it? 
Get your dad the dog. Then he can get out of those four walls. It would help his mental health, allow him to meet other people and take him away from your mom's negativity and let your mom know that it's not all about her. Win, win, win. I mean, if big, gloomy wife does not want a dog, I, I, it's not going to end well, is it? I, I don't know. I'm going to give the chocolate cake to Claire in Glasgow's West End because I think you, you hit on something there. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Tracy Ann <laughs> Oberman joins me now. Hello. Hello, Graham. Uh, so, uh, I all morning I've been saying, oh, I'm not sure if it's a reimagining. Is it a version of? Is it a... Da, da. How close to the Merchant of Venice is your Merchant of Venice? So, my Merchant of Venice is... Is um, one and a half hours close to it. We've taken it runs at three hours forty-five normally. We've cut all the fat off it. We've it's very close to the original Shakespeare, but we have cut away a lot of the extraneous. We've turned Shylock into a woman. It's based on my great grandmother who came over here as an immigrant uh, escaping from all the pogroms. Lived in the East End. Lived on Cable Street. Called England the Golden Medina because nobody wanted to rape or behead you here. And yet in the thirties, I was brought up with tales about how she and my grandma. Um, and my great uncles came face to face with Oswald Mosley and the British Union of Fascists at the Battle of Cable Street, where he marched on the Jewish community and all the other working class communities, the Irish, the uh, Afro-Caribbean, the, the Dockers, the Unionists, all stood together. So it's a ver- it's absolutely Shakespeare's words, but it's strong, it's sexy, it's political, it's punchy and it's short. Yeah, but also, what I, mean, you know, I was just saying to you, you know, sitting up here, looking down, we can more or less see Cable Street. And one of the venues your tour is going to is Wilton's Music Hall. Yeah. Which is kind of right on, almost on Cable Street. And Wilton's is so important because on the night when, when you know, Oswald Mosley, who got married at Goebbels' house to Diana Mitford with Hitler as his witness, Hitler gave him the playbook of whipping up Jew hatred in order to bring other working classes so he would get a power base. The British Union of Fascists, when they marched on Cable Street, he had 5,000 marchers with the full protection of the... This is a jolly Sunday morning chat, I isn't know, it? I know, I tell you. What's kind of chilling about it is that it's so close. It's so close. But also, it's kind of close to where we are today. Um, you know, he had he had five hundred five thousand fascists marching with him, with the full protection of the um, Metropolitan Police, the horses. And so, I was brought up with these tales. But on the night of the Battle of Cable Street, where people were mobilising or hiding, they hid in Wilton's Music Hall. So it's really poignant for me to bring it there. And again, this is all based on my family's stories about standing up to fascism and standing with their neighbours and throwing marbles out the windows. And and in terms of the production is all of this kind of because you're using Shakespeare's words is it all just suggested through costume and and set and things and music I've used original footage from from Mosley um, I, it was very important for me to reclaim this play The Merchant of Venice is a play I've never liked it's a difficult play studied it at school um, I'm sure uh, you know she, you know my ducats my daughter you've got two Jewish archetypal characters in this country Fagin and Shylock neither of whom does anybody any favours but I always wanted to see what would happen to the play if you took Shylock the Jewish moneylender with this obsessive relationship with his daughter and you turned it into a woman and I thought of all the strong matriarchs that I grew up with these tough strong matriarchs 
matriarchs. I'm sure you had them in your family, these mothers and yeah, grandmothers yeah, yeah. that were, you know, these women were survivors. They'd, they'd seen the horrors, they'd suffered poverty. They were tough. I had a great aunt called Machine Gun Molly who lived in the East End on Cable Street around, around the Schmutter business. And the men were terrified of her. Yeah. These women were tough. And I wondered if you turned that woman into Shylock with this one daughter and you pitted her against the upper classes who loved Oswald Mosley. So the Venetian fascists have been turned into English uh, sympathisers. Our Portia is Diana Mitford, but with better education. And our <laughs> Antonio is a, a Mosley um, sort of acolyte. And it's really worked, Gray. The reaction has been phenomenal. So did you bring it to Bridget? Is it yes. Larmore? Yes. Larmore? It was all my idea. I, I sort of wanted to... I saw a fantastic version of um, Julius Caesar, or female version. Did you see oh, it at the Denmark? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, it really worked for me. It was set in a women's prison, and it really opened the play. I've never understood Julius Caesar, and it really worked for me. And I went away that night thinking, what would happen if I took Shylock and I turned her into a woman and so when I met Bridget at the Tonic Awards I, she said what are you doing and I said I'm trying to work out how to make this female Shylock based on my great grandmother work sort of in 30s England and then together we've been developing it against a bit of history you know we're living in times Grey where we're looking at may I call you Grey we you, do know you, we, have, yeah, we have known yeah, each other yeah, yeah, yeah. where we're looking we're re-analysing British history you know through colonialism slavery and we're in interesting times shall we say now and I think people have forgotten the civil rights moment that was the Battle of Cable Street, where all these working class communities stood together and said, if you come for the Jews, you come for us all. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, when you look at what's been happening in Israel yesterday, it was a very emotional day. You know, a lot of us that have uh, friends and family out there and people on both sides. It's it's horrific what's happened there. I mean, and were you performing last night? I was doing two shows yesterday. And I do have to say that um, hearing such terrible, awful news and standing up and doing Hath Not A Do I speech was incredibly moving to me because it was that feeling of, you know, whatever, whatever side you stand on, on the political spectrum, all like, you know, lives matter. And these yeah. young Israelis and all Israelis being sort of beheaded, murdered and, and, uh, and more out there at the moment, you know, we have to, we have to care for all lives and some of the optics in yeah. this country and on the news has been quite tough to stomach. So it was a very yeah. emotional show and the audience really went with it. And it's one of those things, isn't it? Sometimes it's, it's, it's great when you know, uh, plays chime with current events. But in this case, it's kind of awful that it's chiming. It, it was awful. And I also think a lot, you know, at the end of the show, the, 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 the Shakespeare stands on its own and we have the most amazing, young, gorgeous cast. And it's a, it's a short, sexy, punchy show. Everybody that's come to it from Manchester across the country, I think Wiltons will love it, um, have really got something from it. But at the end, there's a real plea, as we did on the Battle of Cable Street, where we say, you know, I say, we're better together, we're stronger together, we're proud together we have to stand together and you look at some of the vernacular that's coming out about immigration yeah. and others these, yeah. this is the moment <laughs> i'm talking to tracy ad oberman uh, she is touring the country in the merchant of venice 1936 it's reimagining of merchant of venice and uh, where where are you next week we You're, are well, well we're just finished at the rsc we're going back to the royal shakespeare company swan in january next week we're in high wickham we're going to york we're coming to wilton's cable street we're going to chichester minerva we are going to um, manchester home yeah we are going to wales all of Go to all Cardiff, over the yes. We're bringing this. Malvern. All over. Don't forget Malvern. Malvern. And we're Home of the water. Home of the water, but no <laughs> steps. They won't let us put our jetty steps into the theatre. So if you're listening, Malvern, we need those jetty steps. Break the rules. <laughs> our set is beautiful. <laughs> 
Not in Malvern. Not in Malvern. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So you've got that going on, but you were just mentioning you've uh, just finished uh, a new radio play. Yes, you know, I write write Radio 4 plays all about sort of the golden age of Hollywood and I've just written my fifth one. It was a big step up for me, Graham, because it was the Saturday afternoon one-hour special, but I've written it about Mae West. Okay. And she was such an icon. Without Mae West, we wouldn't have had Madonna, Miley Cyrus, RuPaul. I mean, she was it. 1926, she was 32. She hated the part she was being offered. Uh, she was a curvy, buxom blonde. Well, dark hair, actually. Um, yeah. And so she wrote a play for herself called Sex, uh, in which she played a sort of a prostitute who was really good at her job and made lots of money. Um, and she put it on. It was a smash hit. I think in 1926, she was really racy and showed an ankle. And then the, um, they decided to clean up New York, this new mayor, and they smashed into the theatre, arrested her for criminalising and depraving the youth of New York, put her on a big court case and they said, right, you either take this play off and never put it on again or go to prison. And she went, well, I'm going to go to prison. So it's about, I've written the play about that time in prison and apparently she dined with the um, governor every night and then he let her go like after two days, I think, because she was too hot to handle. But it's a play about that. It's really interesting. Oh, has it been on already? No, it goes out on uh, December the 7th on Radio 4. a mind like a filofax. That was very good. I'm good, aren't I? That was so good. Can't it... remember what I have for breakfast, but... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, December the 7th. Uh, yeah, well, Dece- very... at 2.15. <laughs> very good. Always thinking, Graham, always <laughs> oh, thinking. Oh, yes. But those... But I think when people go back and look at those plays, I mean, they were terrible. <laughs> terrible. But kind of for their time, what I loved about Mae West is that, you know, you've got to remember in the in the 20s, like mid-20s, she, she ended up writing... She saved Paramount Studios. Studios. She became her own producer, her own star. She wrote all her scripts. She cast it. After Randolph Hearst, she was the second richest person in America, the biggest property owner. She was so powerful, and yet she and she fought single-handedly the stupid Hayes rules of censorship. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was an icon. We forget. Oh, I'm so glad. Did she die rich? She died really rich, although they eventually the film industry crushed her and then she just went to Las Vegas. I mean, she always, I mean, in my version of her, she always like, you know, everything that went wrong, I'll just make a dime out of it. Yeah, but yeah. what I loved is that she she moved in, nobody would have her in, in Hollywood because they thought she was scandalous and she wouldn't. they wouldn't let her into any of the hotels like the Chateau Marmont. So she bought a little flat and then ended up buying the whole building of those flats. And after she died, the person that bought it was um, John Lydon from the Sex Pistols, which I thought was brilliant bit of uh, that is a good trivia pop culture trivia pop culture very very good Uh, so now when you're touring yes uh, do you all are you on a kind of big bus is that sort of tour yeah we're like the Rolling Stones do you really no no, of course we aren't we're on the train oh oh, train train or my mini Oh, actually, Mini. There we go, Mini. I need a service, Mini. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, the, we, we don't travel on a big bus like um, like the Rolling Stones, although when we go on to the next phase of what this play is, because this only started off as a little idea in my head, so the fact that it's turned into this really big tour with these amazing audiences, I feel we could be doing the O2. Yeah, and how did you... So you go to Bridget, but then you go to well, Waffle Palace. Brid- well, I met Bridget at the Tonic Awards, yeah. which is an all-female kind of award ceremony for theatre practitioners. Um, 
this was back in 1873 before COVID. Of course. This is how long this thing feels like it's been going on for. <laughs> she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm sort of doing this TV series, but I'm really developing this play. She came and saw me in another play and she said, I've been thinking about it. So we developed it and developed it. And then we did a workshop at Watford Palace and then the Royal Shakespeare Company let us do a workshop. Really good. We're on our way to do a five theatre tour and come into the West End and then COVID hit. Mm. And then the whole thing shriveled down to, well, we all shriveled down to nothing. Um, and then it kind of resurrected a lot because of the Royal Shakespeare Company really came on board. Um, Eileen Davidson, Trafalgar Entertainment, they said, no, this play has a very strong message. It's very zeitgeisty. We're going to get it back on the road. So Watford Palace, Home Manchester, Trafalgar and many others have really supported this play. Yeah, because when it says, you know, with support from the Royal Shakespeare Company, is that just financial? Is it to help no, you no, on your they, way? No, no, well, they, they just loved the idea and they said that they just let us come in. They let us use their resources. They let us do our research. We did, I've done incredible. I'm now an expert on both Oswald Mosley and the Battle of Cable Street and lunches around Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, and they let us go in and do, um, let us workshop there and workshop the idea and just to see whether a female Shylock 1936 worked. And it did really work. It's wow. just really well. I can't, I'm so excited. I think it's the project of my heart. Can I say, you've sold it incredibly well. Because on paper, it sounds like quite a dry thing. No, it's so sexy. Yeah, but you've really sold it. Oh, my God, there's something for the boys, there's something for the gays, there's something for the girls, there's something for everyone. Fabulous. There's something for the politicos, there's something for Shakespeare lovers. If you've, I tell you what really love, I love is how many people come in and say, I've never seen a Shakespeare before, but I liked you in Friday Night Dinner, I liked you in Doctor Who. <laughs> and they've come to see it and gone, I'm coming back again, I understood every word and I loved it. An hour and a half, ladies and gentlemen. An, an hour, hour and, and a half. half. God, that's what you had me at an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, I'll come and I'll come and see you at Wilton's. Uh, thank you so much, oh, Tracy. Lovely to be here. All right. It's our new competition, Big in Japan, celebrating Waitrose's new Japan menu. Waitrose's own brand, Japanese range. Innovative, delicious, high-quality foods bringing Japanese-inspired food to your plates. Two people are on the line, both in with a chance to win as long as they get their Big in Japan question right. If they get the question right, then I'll use our Japanese gashapon machine. You heard me. To dispense a prize, a little plastic egg, and uh, you could get a Japanese menu meal for two, or the top prize is a 250-pound waitress voucher to get yourself a Japanese feast. Uh, first up, we've got Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Graham. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm grand, thanks for asking. And where are you, Lisa? Uh, I'm in Teesside. <gasps> Lovely. And what have you got planned for uh, this Sunday? Well, I've been out for a run this morning. Well done. Um, and I've just come back from a dog walk. Um, and then I'm going to watch the Grand Prix later on. Wow, what a packed day. And uh, where are you in, 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 in the weather divide, in the great weather divide of, of, of our nation? Where, where's Teesside? Um, the weather is, well, it's, it's warm. Oh, OK, so you're on the edge of our heat wave. Marvellous. OK, yeah. very good. Uh, now, time for the question. You understand? Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. It's multiple choice, and yeah. I, and when I when I give you the question, you're going to freak out and think, "How the hell will I know that?" But just listen okay. up. I think you can yeah. get this right. I think you can get this right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Which of the following is Japan's longest road? Okay, it's multiple choice. A. The M1. B. National Route Four. C. Route 66. I'm going to go National Route 4. You're going for B, National Route 4. Are you correct? 
You are. Well done, Lisa. Okay, you got to win something. I'm putting the coin in the gashapon machine. Now I'm twisting the thing. Here we go. Twisty, twisty, twisty. Oh, you've a yellow egg. A yellow egg has fallen from the machine. Hang on, just try to get it out. Here we go. I'm opening the egg. I'm opening the egg. Here we go. Oh, Lisa and Teesside, what have you won? <gasps> Lisa and Teesside, you have won. Yeah. £250! <laughs> Yes, you have. Waitress vouchers. Well done, you. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm so happy for you. Is there anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're here? I'd like to say hello to Ruby and Meg who are listening to me in Abu Dhabi. Wow. And they are so happy for you. They're punching the air in Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, enjoy the Grand Prix when you're watching it later this afternoon. Take care of yourself, Lisa. Thanks yeah, for thank playing. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we've got Kate. Hello, Kate. Hello, Graham. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Bit nervous though. Yeah, no, and a bit gutted the 250 pounds is gone. But there you go. <laughs> oh well, it, mean, it means I don't have to cook my boyfriend some food. So oh, it's there you go. Well, there are meals for two. Uh, here we go. Uh, now, uh, where are you, by the way, Kate? I'm in Melton Mowbray in Leicestershire. <gasps> Home of the pie. And uh, what are you up to today in Melton Mowbray? Um, at the moment, I am just currently watching some TV, but waiting for my boyfriend to come home from work and we're going for a nice walk around the local area. Oh, a walk around a local area. Very nice. Lovely. <laughs> uh, what does your boyfriend do for work on a Sunday? So he works at Birmingham Airport fueling planes. I wondered who did that. It's Kate's boyfriend. <laughs> that's it. That's who does that. Uh, <laughs> so is that a really hideously early start? Yes, unfortunately he does. So, yeah, and he comes home very grumpy, and so I have to leave him alone for a bit. Okay, and then take him for a walk in a local area. Yeah, clears the head. Anyway, hopefully he'll have a nice Japanese meal to look forward to. Uh, Okay, here's your question. And, like, you know, uh, oh, God, can I read this? I think I can. Anyway, look, you should be fine. You'll get this. Which of the following is Japan's tallest building? Okay, is it A, Azabudai Hillsmori JP Tower, <laughs> B, the Shard, C, the Empire State Building? Can you figure it out, Kate? Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to have a think about that. <laughs> I think it's number, um, it's going to be A. A, you're going with A, are you correct? She is! Well done, Kate, very good. Okay, I'm putting Thank the coin in the gas bomb machine. I'm twisting the thing. Here we go. I think it's... A, oh, 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 ah, ah, oh it's, it's gone off. Hang on. Hang on, game. Oh, it really... It flew out of the gas bomb machine. I'm so... I can't apologise enough. Let me open the little blue egg. Let's see what you've got. You have won. Da, da, da. <gasps> Mushroom goiza. That's what you've won. Wow. Thank you so much. I know. Oh, that, that'll cheer up your comfy boyfriend when he comes home from an early shift fueling planes. <laughs> It'll be delicious. It'll be delicious. Uh, Kate, is there anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're here? Absolutely. I'd like to obviously say hello to my boyfriend who will be listening after I'll get him to play, play this back. And also mum and dad who are listening and everybody else who knows me. Oh, all right, Kate. Well, thanks for playing and congratulations. Uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and your walk in a local area. Okay. <laughs> 
Bye. <laughs> thank you ever so much, Graham. Take care. Bye. All right. Cheers. Uh, thank you very much to Lisa and Kate for playing today. And Bigger Japan will return next weekend when hopefully we're giving away another £250 to spend at Wittos. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word of word of it's back everyone yeah word up we're playing and it's happening now it's your chance to win a Graham North Waitrose gift box including a reusable drinks cup in stylish racing green Waitrose brew champagne number one salted caramel truffles number one aged balsamic vinegar Medina. it's quite the gift box so uh, first up playing word up we've got I think it's Jenny on the line hello Jenny hello Graham there she is how are you Jenny well, I'm okay, but I've been on a bit of a rescue mission this morning because my friend's dog went missing on Friday night. So we've been walking around the woods trying to find her. Any joy? No, unfortunately. Oh. No. Anybody walking around Swinley Woods or Virginia Water, look for a little dog called Lola. Hopefully we'll find her. Oh, the, I mean, that must be the most upsetting thing for that family. Uh, little Lola yeah. missing. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, uh, some better news later in the day. Uh, do text in yeah. and let us know if you find Lola. We'd love to know. I will, yes. Pe- I will. People, will, people will. will worry. Uh, yeah, so uh, what, what sort of dog is Lola? She's a little rescue dog, so she's a little cocker spaniel cross. So she's pan and cream. So, yeah, okay. if you're in Virginia Water or Swindley Woods, please keep a look for her. Okay, little Lola. <laughs> oh, good luck. I, I, I really hope that Thank story has a, have a, has a happy ending. Uh, let's yeah, see we'll if let we can know. give you uh, a happy ending. We are going to play a clip, and you've got to uh, figure out what word has been kind of dropped out of the song. Okay. okay. Were you listening uh, yep. last week? No, I wasn't. I haven't heard the clip, so I just rang oh. in on the off chance. Okay. Uh, good luck. What I'll... The thing I, 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 I need to warn you is the missing word is very, very, very early on in the clip. Okay? So I think right. la- last weekend, I think people hadn't... They, they missed the missing word, if you know what I mean. So, uh, it's, so it's, yeah. it's very early on. Okay. So uh, okay. peel back your ears. Here we go. Jenny? Could you play it one more time, Graham? I didn't yeah. hear the first Yeah, uh, Yeah, come on, we'll play it one more time. We're, we're being nice, we're being nice. What do you think? Is it, I'm not the man you think I am at home? Let's, man. let's find out if you're right. Jenny, you've won something. You've won something. I don't know anything, Graham. That's uh, well, amazing. You've won that. Hopefully, it's a good omen, and it means uh, Lola. I hope so. L- Lola's going to be found as well. Is is there anyone you'd yeah. like to say hello to while you're on the radio, Jenny? Just my wonderful husband, Babis, who's listening. I hope, and uh, my kids, Helena and Joseph. All right. And my friend well, Tina, who's lost her dog, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots. All the love to Tina and her family, uh, and, and hopefully Lola comes running back and. 
congratulations to yeah. you. Thanks for playing Word Thank Up. You. Take care, Jenny. Thank you, Graham. Bye. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. Oh, another satisfied customer. The waitress gift box winging its way uh, to Jenny there, who correctly identified the missing word as man. The people who played last weekend would be like, no, because one lady was saying Rocket Man. It was like, no, that man's in there, but it's not Rocket Man. It's just man. There you go. Well done. Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.